the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for New Hope Radio on AM 1100 KFAX. This program is the radio ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward, a place of healing and restoration. Now here's today's message of hope. I'm really going to, I'm telling you, I'm really going to deal with this and unpack this over the next few weeks. I'm going to ask some of the teachers that teach alongside of me, let's unpack surviving the times and really deal with what God lays on our heart with what that really means, surviving the times. And in order to really survive it, we got to understand the time that we live in. So I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy, the third chapter and the, and, uh, the first verse. I'm going to read five verses. And I really want you to really catch this. Get your Bibles open right now. I don't care what version you're reading from. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. But I want you to really hear the words of the Lord written by the Apostle Paul. Look what it says here in the third chapter, first verse. But understand this. That means understand it. Do not be confused. Understand this. That in the last days will come or set in perilous times, hard times of great stress and trouble. See, we, I didn't have to wait for the news to tell me we're living in a hard time. This is really a great, this is a pandemic. All I had to do was read the word of God because he says right now we're living in a great stress. We're living in trouble. Hard to deal with. Hard to bear. For people will be lovers of themselves. Look at this. And utterly self-centered. Lovers of money and aroused by inordinate, look, greedy desires for wealth. Me and my wife were talking about it the other night. Just like, like we can't minister the word of God anymore without having a cash app, uh, a symbol right next to our name. Why? Because we're looking for something. We're looking for wealth. We're looking for this. We're looking for that. We're going to be self-centered. We're going to be lovers of money, aroused by the desires for wealth, proud and arrogant. Proud and arrogant, prophesying from emotion, prophesying from what we want, not from what God wants. And then when the prophecies don't even come to pass, we want to say, well, well, um, well, what happened was, no, 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 I want you to know something, prophets. When you prophesy from God, I don't care what's going on all around. God's word will not be moved. So stand there and repent and say, you know what? That was me. I was wrong was prophesying from a different place, from what I wanted, from my emotions. I was proud and I was arrogant and I was boasting that I hear from God. I believe I hear from God too, but sometimes I miss it because it's a lot of Tim in there. Look at this. We're boasters, abusive, scoffers, disobedient to parents, 
ungrateful, unholy, profane. Look at this, third verse. Without natural or human affection. Relentless. Relentless. Slanderers. False accusers and troublemakers. No morals. No morals in our conversation. No morals in our conduct. Uncontrolled and fierce haters of good. Look what it says here. We will be treacherous, betrayers, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self-conceit. We will be lovers of sensuous pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers of God. Fifth verse says this. For they hold a form of true religion. They hold a form of it, but they deny and reject and are strangers of the power of God. I have a form of it, but I have no power. Why? Because I really reject the power. Because the first thing that the power of God does is changes me. Changes me so that my message can change others. We deny the power, avoid such people, turn away from them because they're not genuine in their faith. The Lord gave me this. How do I survive all of this that is being said? How do I survive, Pastor Tim, these things that are being outlined in this chapter? The Lord gave me this. Establish For some of you, establish, or for some of you that have already established it, press into what you've established, this, a true relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to require that the Lord Jesus is no longer just your Savior, but he has to be your Lord. He has to literally be the one ordering your steps because the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Lord, I need you to order my steps. And and you're ordering them because I've surrendered my heart to you and you are literally the Lord of my life. You're not just the Savior. You're not just the one that I say, oh, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, God, for washing me. Hallelujah. And cleaning me up. No, now, God, that you've washed me from my sins, God, now I'm following you so that I can be pleasing in your sight. I'm no longer just going to be a testifier or a confessor of who you are. I'm literally going to live a life that represents that you are the Lord of my life. I'm going to be denying myself on a daily basis. I'm going to be beating myself under subjection to the will of God on a daily basis. I no longer can afford to just know scripture. I have to apply scripture. I have to make sure that my relationship with you is true. I no longer can go off of my opinions and I no longer can go off of my emotions. I have to make sure that my relationship with you is true. I can no longer operate in opinion. I got to operate in truth. The truth shall set me free. I've been bound. We've been bound, y'all. We've been bound. Pastor Tim, how you know we've been bound? Because we have no authority. No authority. Without authority, there can be no real change. 
And what the world is looking for right now, right this minute, they're looking for somebody that has some authority, not just eloquent words, not just a nice uh, uh, presence or a nice sanctuary, not just, oh, man, we got this camera and, oh, we got this screen and we look good, don't we? We look good. No, we have no authority. People are looking for some authority, an authority that can rebuke the devil, an authority that can rebuke brokenness, authority that can rebuke generational curses, an authority that can shake the houses and cause chains to fall off. The authority of Jesus Christ. Look at Psalms 27 real quick. I just want you to go here real quick because I love David. David was just someone who understood who God was. And look what he says in the 27th chapter, the first verse. He says this. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Not only is he the one that gives me clear direction, but the Lord is also my salvation. He's my deliverer. He's the one that brings me up and out. He's the one that keeps me from falling and presenting these faultless before the presence of his glory. He's the one that's just so for me that who can be against me? Look what he says here. He says this. He says, Lord, you are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? <laughs> Lord, you are my refuge and my stronghold. You are the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything, God, because you are my stronghold. Look at it. When the wicked, and not just wicked people, but wicked times, when wicked things, look what he says here. Even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and fell. I realized that more and more believers are walking in fear. As things come upon them, they let fear grip their hearts and not the word of God. Why? Because there's a lacking somewhere of true relationship. I know that's hard. I'm, and, and I just want to love on you. I know this. Oh, my God, Pastor Tim, this is a little hard. No, I want to love on you because I'm tired of the enemy tricking us and, and, and causing us to walk in a truth that's not God's truth. He said, all this stuff can go, be going on all around me. I can get this news and I can get this report. But guess what? The Lord is my stronghold and my help. Even when the enemies come upon me, they're going to stumble and fall. Though a host shall encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though wars rise against me, even in this, look at this, he said, even in this will I have confidence. And this is what I love. Look at the fourth verse. This is where we got to be. This is where we got to be this year. You guys, one thing have I asked for. Other translations say desire. And when you desire, I'm going to tell you, man, and uh, Hartford made me a banana pudding. My God. I found myself desiring that thing there. Boy, I tell you. And when you desire it, it's on your mind all the time, you know. And, And what I accidentally did was I left it at the church. I, I, he said, put it in the refrigerator, and I left it in, in the refrigerator. And as I was driving away, I said, I got to go back and get that banana pudding. 
And, you know, I said, man, I, I hope nobody that's at the church right now digs into my banana pudding, man, because I'm going to be mad if they mess with my. Ba- I hope they don't know that's a community banana pudding. It's mine. I desired it. And when you have a desire, you have a different mindset. The Lord said, I want you to desire me. I want you to be hungry after me. I want you to be thirsty after me. I want you to think about the goodness of of me, the goodness of the Lord. I want you to think about it. Look what he says here. One thing have I asked for. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek, and that will I inquire for, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence. It's not talking about the sanctuary or the buildings that we have built or the edifices that we built. He's talking about in his presence. Lord, one thing have I desired is to be in your presence. I want to wake up to you. I want to go to bed with you. I, I, I want to uh, take walks with you. I want to make sure, God, that everything that I'm doing, you're in it. You're in it. You're in it. You're in it. I don't want to do anything, God, where I have you closing your eyes or you're ashamed. And you say, I can't look at that. I don't want you turning your back on anything that I'm doing. Why? Because I want your presence with me all the time because trouble is always around me. Who receive that? The reason why I need your presence always with me is because trouble is always around me. The enemy is always seeking how he can devour me. So I need your presence. I need your presence. I can't take a break from your presence. You know, how we take a break from stuff. I need a break. Just give me 10 minutes or give me an hour. This is, I need a break. We can't afford to have a break from his presence. And David knew how to do that. David said, look, one thing about desire, that's what I'm seeking after. I want to dwell in your presence. I want to dwell in your presence. I want my words saturated in your presence. I want my attitude saturated in your presence. I want my walking and my doing to be saturated in your presence. I don't want to do anything, God, without your presence. I want to make sure that it's all about your presence. And I don't care who don't like it. Oh, you too, Jesus. You too. Well, bye. I got time to deal with you. Why? Because I need his presence. I'm no longer going to let people pull me away from his presence because I don't want to offend them by walking in his presence. You can call me a holy roller. You can you can talk about me and say, all he does is talk scripture. You know why? I need his presence. As a father, I need his presence. As a husband, I need his presence. As a pastor, I definitely need his presence. As a leader, I need his presence. As a community organizer, I need his presence. I can't afford to walk in my opinion. I can't afford to walk in my ways because my ways are not his ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. I want to do what God says do. I want to be in his presence. I want his presence to be so strong on me that when when my flesh tries to rise up and get me to try to turn, I no, no, no. I'm so determined. I want his presence so bad. I'm deserving. Man, he's been too good. He's been too good. He's shown me how great he is. I've seen miracles right before my eyes. I've seen the wondrous works of the Lord. I need his presence and I need more of him. And I can't afford to let my flesh dictate how I live my life. There's one thing of our desire that's something to seek after his presence. And David said this, all the days of my life, there's no vacations. There's no breaks. To behold 
and gaze upon. Man, let me go back to the banana pudding. When I opened it up and I gazed upon it, I said to myself, this looks good. Then when I dug into it, it tasted good. The first thing I did is I looked upon it and it looked good. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I opened it up and looked upon it, I says, man, who can I share this with? I need to share this. But when I tasted it, I said, oh, mine. My daughter dug into it the other night. She dug into it. I said, what you doing? She says, I'm getting some banana pudding. And I had to rebuke my flesh. I said, Tim, let her have some banana pudding. And I heard her say this. She said, mm. then I said, wait a minute. You're enjoying it too much, and I just want you to have one bowl. But I rebuked myself again, and I said, Tim, let her have whatever she wants. I said, Lord, if I can be that the, uh, over banana pudding, have I really looked at you and gazed upon you the way I gazed upon those wafers on the pudding? Have I really tasted and seen that you are good? Have I really tasted of you and sat back and went, oh, my goodness. Because what she did the other night when she ate and went, oh, it made me want to get up and go, oh, I want another bowl. Have I tasted of you so much where people around me say, hey, man, I, that sounded good. That sounded good. Let me, let me get a little bit of that. Have I moaned about how precious you are? Have I praised you enough where people go, wait a minute, I want some of that. David knew how to do that. David said, all the days of my life, all the days of my life, I want to behold the beauty of you. I want to gaze upon it. Look at this, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of who you are, Lord, of who you are, Lord. I want to talk about you, but the first thing I've got to do is experience you. I can't talk about what I've ever experienced. Can't talk about what I've experienced. My wife bought me a massager for my for Christmas. And I tried it out. And man, that thing is great. So immediately after I experienced it and felt how great it was, I incorporated it into my daily schedule. We were in the midst of a conversation last night about the book of Revelations and in the midst of it, at the end of it, forgive me. I said, excuse me, you're on my massage time. I have to go and do my daily massage. And I realized, man, how many of us are doing that when it comes to God? Excuse me, you're in my, you're in my time with the Lord. Or can we easily be pulled away? Oh, this is God's time that I've set aside for him. This is his time. Sorry, this is his time. Where the kids even know, oh, yeah, mom or dad or that's their time with the Lord. We become so contagious that other people want to do what we're doing. David said this, he says, I want to experience the delight, the attractiveness of the Lord. And to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. Inquire. I want to see what he reveals, grab hold to what is good, and let go of what is evil. 
Catch that, y'all. Because as I inquire, God's going to give me revelation. It's amazing. We get revelations about everybody else. We get revelations about the world, but never about our temple. I can give you a word. This is what the Lord is saying about you right now. But the first thing God's going to do is give me revelation of where I am. So that while I'm inquiring, Lord, how can I be pleasing to you? Lord, give me a word. See, the minute you say that, Lord, give me a word. The first word he's going to give you is about you. I want to use you more, Tim. But you got to let go of that. Tim, I want to bless you, but you got to let go of that. David said, give it to me, Lord, as I inquire in your temple. For in the days of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. Fifth verse. In the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He will set me high upon a rock. And we know that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. So these two points, look at this. So many of us, and this is where we have to change, want, underline that word want, to continue to do whatever we want to do. So many of us want to continue to do what we want to do while we expect God to do what we need him to do. I want to do what I want to do, but God, you need to do what I need you to do. And God is saying to you, it don't work like that. Yes, I'm sovereign and yes, I'm loving and yes, my mercy is new every morning. But understand this, if you want to have true relationship with me, if you really want to operate in my divine will, then you can't do what you want to do and expect me to do what you need me to do. Relationship is lining up to what God wants us to do. I'm no longer going to operate in what I want to do. Well, I expect you. Look at that. My my expectation, God, is for you to do what I need you to do. God, I need this. I need that. I need this. I need this. But, but, oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Lord, you know. Lord, you know. I know, God, I do this. Well, God knows my heart. He does. He does know your heart. And that's why we have not yet walked into promise. Because God knows that in our heart, we'll sell him out for what our flesh wants. We'll sell him out for what our flesh desires. David said, I'm getting rid of this. I'm going to desire the Lord. Last point is this. We have to get to a place where our emotions, our ideals, our ways of thinking, because the battlefield is here. All right. Those things that steer us away from what God has commanded us to do through his word are no longer in control. No longer going to allow those things to steer me away. From what your word is commanding me to do, I'm no longer going to just 
treat this thing as, oh, lift your Bibles up. Thy word have I hit. No, I'm no longer going to this to be just a ritual that we do right before we pray. No, literally, literally, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. God, I no longer want to be. Will I fail God? Yes. But it's never going to be the intent of my heart to fail God. It's never going to be the intent of my heart to do wrong. Even when I find myself in it, as God reveals that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I didn't know why. Because the intent of my heart is to do his will. Because the intent of my heart is to do his will. I'm going to find myself in his presence, in true relationship with God, and walking towards the promise. Because I'm tired of worshiping in the wilderness. I'm tired of building tents of worship in the wilderness. I'm tired of almost there. I'm tired of of being stripped. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be there. I'm ready to walk into it. So whatever biases I have in my heart, whatever prejudices I have in my heart, whatever attitudes I have in my heart, whatever hatred I have in my heart, whatever unforgiveness I have in my heart, whatever bitterness I have in my heart, whatever is in my heart that's generational, that God is not pleasing to you. Whatever I have in my heart, I surrender it. I surrender it, God. Those opinions that are not like you. Here you go, God. Attitudes. Here you go, God. Mindsets. Here you go, God. I'm no longer going to be governed by my stinky thinking. I'm going to be governed by the word of God. Why? Because I want to be pleasing to him. So as God reveals those things that are not of him, I surrender it so that I can walk in true relationship with God. I want more. For some of you, establish the true relationship. For others, press in. Pastor Tim, how will I know if I'm really pressing in and I'm walking in that true relationship? When trials and tribulations come, you'll be able to stand on the word of God. When trouble comes, you'll be able to stand on the word of God. Because you know the truth. This has been New Hope Radio, a ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship. You're invited to worship with them at 22110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. Services are held Sundays at 10 a.m. For other service times and more information, see New Hope Christian Fellowship online at nhcfonline.org. That's nhcfonline.org. Join us next week at this time for New Hope Radio here on AM 1100 KFAX. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.